Hey everybody, it's Raul Gonzalez. And I'm Oscar Ibieta. And this show is called Medicare Agent IQ. We are basically here to help independent agents to be more successful selling Medicare. Yep, that's right. No other, no other reason than that. I always, I always like to tell people like that. That's uh, I posted on our on our TikTok the other day. I'm like, man, there's no other reason other than we just want to help other people to be successful. So. Yeah, I think about my journey when I first got started. It's like, where do I go? Where do I turn? I'm I'm aging myself here. This was. 10 years ago and there, there weren't these, you know, Instagram was around, but it was very young. We really didn't know what it was gonna turn into, but we've got all sorts of platforms. And so I wish I had these kinds of resources to turn to. And really it was just, it was a textbook that you'd, that you'd be looking at or even Google, but even back then there wasn't a lot of information. I feel like this industry has really blown up and turned into something. And so now we, we're, we're able to give these platforms to, to get out there and to, to help you guys. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, it's kind of cool because we have been kind of making the ask to, to everybody on the podcast, like, hey, shoot us an email. And I I, I feel like I, I I knew what I was saying the other day when I was like, slide into my DMs. <laughs> I know I was, I was, I was joking. And uh, after the podcast, Oscar was making fun of me. He's like, you know, that you know what that means, right? And I was like, yeah, I do, but it's a joke. So anyway, I felt Pro like I had- Professionally, to <laughs> please slide into yeah, our DMs. Professionally <laughs> slide into it. But some, but some people did. And yeah. so uh, today what we're gonna be doing is really just going through some of those some of those questions and and uh, so appreciate first of all appreciate the fact that that uh, that everyone would take the time to, to shoot us an email and they're from all over it's pretty cool you know we're based here in San Antonio and so it's pretty cool when you get uh, emails from from people that you haven't met or uh, just found you on on the podcast it's a it's a cool feeling so we're here today to address some of these questions and really just try to give you some some answers to them. So. Yeah, we got some good questions. Should we just dive into it? Jump on Let's in. Let's do it. All right. So first question we got. Um, hi, I'm John. I just finished my first year in the Medicare business and I'm still struggling to get my footing. Everyone talks a big game about how much money you can make, but it hasn't exactly been raining cash for me. I'm investing a lot into leads right now. And to be honest, the return hasn't been great. So. How long does it usually take to hit your stride and start making some real money? Is it normal to still be finding my way after a year? That's from John in Delaware. Okay. Uh, so I guess my first, I have a lot of thoughts on that. So my first thought is what kind of leads are you doing? I hope you're not spending too much on leads because there's a lot of ways to do this, this business without having to go out and, and spend money on leads. I, we're, we're obviously, we've talked about it on the show. We're, we're big believers in grassroots marketing. So I would say that that's the first thing that I would address. And especially if you're not getting much of a return on the leads, uh, you know, the reason like, so a lot of people will do the final expense leads. And, and when you're doing final expense, they make sense because you can just show up. If, 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 they're, not, if they're not answering your call, you just show up, knock on the door, can't do that in our business, right? Yeah. And so um, there's still we we do know some agents who who do a great job with leads, uh, but I would I would double check and just make sure see if 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 that's not working for you, uh, then maybe call a different lead house, maybe see if there's other leads that you can try out and, and uh, because it's, it's, it's hard and, it, and it's an adjustment. But one of the things I'll tell people, especially with leads, is if you're calling one time. You can, you, you're gonna, you know, it's gonna keep going down that same road, right? But how many calls do you think they would probably take? You gotta call 10 times sometimes. And I've, I know people who will call uh, two or three times in a day before, you know, and, and I also know agents that will call once and be like, yeah, man, that lead was terrible. 
So I would say that that's something that you would want to, to do. That's the first thing I wanted to address, but kind of looking through it, uh, Medicare is a long game. And so I always tell people you, you've, you've want to also have some other source of income, like maybe final expense. I think that's a good thing. Some agents do ACA, some, you know, every, everyone has kind of different things that they do because I always used to say, kind of use an analogy about, uh, it's like cooking, right? So Medicare is like putting something in a crock pot and you're gonna eat for days off of that, right? Or you could. And if you throw it in the crock pot, just, it takes a little longer to cook. You can also fry an egg, but you fry that egg and it's just a real quick one time you're, you're eating that one time. Or one time microwave yeah. meal. Right? So that's kind of like, um, so So what you're trying to do is you're trying to build, uh, for me, I would I would do both. I would make myself an egg while I'm waiting for my crock pot to, 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 to cook up. And that's really what we're doing in this is that, uh, you know, Medicare, it, it is, it does take some time to, to make an impact. Our, our commissions are, the, the frustrating part is that they're, they're, they're prorated, right? So if you do a July 1st effective, I work just as hard as, in July as I did in January, but for some reason, I'm getting half the commission. That's kind of a that's kind of a frustrating thing to me. So um, so I always say it, it, it's also wise to to have something else that you're doing uh, on the side there uh, to make extra money. Did you have you're, something? Yeah, you're building a foundation. Another example that sometimes when I'm in conversations with agents and they're going through the same similar situation, what, what John's experiencing here is. Hey, think about building a home. I remember when, when my parents, you know, back in 2007, they, they built a home. And, and so I remember we'd always drive to the property to see what's what's the latest, what's the latest update. And it took forever. Just you're pouring the foundation right now. And it's, it always seems like that part seems to take the longest. And once that foundation is poured, that house just started going up like crazy. I mean, everything went up very pretty quickly and things moved along pretty quickly, but it's getting that foundation down. And so it's pouring the foundation. That's what you're doing right now. And so finding something in the meantime, my, my family, they're in the restaurant business. So when I was, when I first got into the business and I was just a, 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 an agent out there selling, trying to, trying to get by because I'm, I knew, okay, this is a crop crock pot meal, but I still got to eat now while this, while this meal is cooking. And, so I was working part-time with my family's business. I was working on the weekends. I, I would pick up, you know, I'd go and I'd make some extra cash just to get by. And during the week, I was trying to build my Medicare book of business. So by no means, this this is a great business and, it, and there, it's very rewarding, but there's also a lot of work that goes into it. You gotta be willing to put in that work. Yeah, it's not always gonna be a, a get rich quick, you, no. know, you know. But here's what I would I would say. I like the idea of setting some goals and kind of what I talk to people about is, okay, what would it take, like what a financial amount would it take for you to be able to say, okay, I'm, I'm good. I, I, I don't have to worry anymore. I can pay my mortgage. I can, I can uh, buy groceries and, and, and live a good life and, and not have to work. So Love that's that. the question that I have. So not like, well, if as long as I make 10 sales every month, would I, you know, I'd be able to make it. But I want to know what is that amount? And let's just say it's $5,000 every month. So then we work backwards. You divide that 5,000. What's the what's the commission in 20 at 2023? 301. That's the national average. It's it, a little different in some states, but the national uh, commissions in most states is going to be 301. Okay. So that's 25 2508, right? 2508. So, so if I need $5,000 a month, 
and divided by 25, that's 200 active clients that I need to have uh, on the books. And so I'm gonna work backwards from there, okay? So if I, how, and how fast am I trying to get there? So I need to get to 200 clients, then I want to say, you know what, this year I need to at least make 80, or I need to at least make 100, you know? And, and, and so that way I know that starting in January of that next year, that's when my renewals start. So I would say that that's, a, that's, that's probably the best way to do it and just know that really after about a year and a half of, of maybe struggling, that's when things start getting easier. And, and I would recommend working as hard as possible. So everybody's in a different market, right? So here in San Antonio, there's tons of Medicare agents and the penetration rate is very, very high. So a lot of people are already on Medicare Advantage plans. Uh, there's some markets where there are not a lot of people on Medicare Advantage plans. And so I would say in, for, for those, if the penetration rate's not very high, it's a very easy product to sell, a zero premium product. So the sales are probably high so it also depends on your market. So I would just, you know, don't, don't, don't be too discouraged. Uh, I, I, I don't know a whole lot about uh, the markets out in Delaware as far as kind of penetration rates and everything like that. But, but I would just say, stay encouraged, know that it's a long game. This isn't, this isn't, you know, uh, a, a short game. It's an investment into the future. You know what? I was at a training yesterday in Corpus Christi. I was training one of our agencies down there, and one of the agents I was talking to, she was like, "Yeah, I was this last AEP. Like, I ended up dividing out how many sales that I was that I was making by sitting at this uh, Walmart for this hour, th th this amount of hours." And she was like, "It was only eleven dollars an hour." And I was like, "Yeah, but what about the future?" Like in the future, it's gonna be significantly more than that because this year's $11 an hour is next year's $22 an hour. Because everything that you did for this last year, you're also making for the next year. And that residual so Stay encouraged, yeah. right? Like don't, don't, don't give up. This business is well worth it. We know agents that are literally making $250,000 a year uh, in, in, in renewals. And the reason that they're doing that is because they stayed the course. So stay encouraged. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you for that, John. Uh, next question, we've got a question from Martin in Florida. Uh, so, hey there. First off, I love what you guys are doing with the podcast. It's been a massive help as I'm navigating through this industry. My question's about trust. I'm finding it quite challenging to get potential clients to trust me. The Medicare market seems so saturated and the competition is stiff. Sometimes it feels like clients have their guard up due to the sheer volume of options and agents that are out there. Do you have any advice or strategies on how I can differentiate myself and build trust quickly with potential clients? Any tips would be appreciated. All right, and I see that it's, he's he's in Florida. Yeah, that's a <laughs> that's a hard one because yeah, Florida is one of those markets, and I, I don't know where you're at in in, in Florida, uh, Martin. If you're in South Florida, especially, I think that out there. It, they're, they're, it's, it's saturated with agents. Uh, first thing I might do if I, if I were there is, especially in a, in a market that is saturated with agents, I would say that San Antonio is close to being saturated. So, so, I, so I have some experience with that. If I were an agent, I would say it's time to drive. You know, so so if you if you live in in South Florida, I wouldn't work in Miami. I would go a little bit further. I would find areas outside of kind of that main area. The one cool thing that I've learned is that especially as agents become more and more successful, they're like, 
I'm not going to drive. You know, people don't want to drive 20 minutes anymore. Yeah. Like just just to even to go to a happy hour, they're like, yeah, man, I'm gonna I'm not going to go to that one. <laughs> and, and traffic is bad. People don't you know agents don't want to drive. So use that as uh, you know to your advantage. I would say go outside of the the main metro area. Go to the extended parts where maybe there's there's le- there's lower penetration rate. Uh, penetration rate again uh, with without kind of com- I don't want to confuse agents penetration rate is uh, the number of the percentage of people in any given market with um, w- w- that are on a Medicare Advantage plan so um, I would do that do you have any thoughts on that I had a flashback to 2013 and I yeah. remember that was that's actually the advice that you gave me I was it was my first year uh, in the business and I was getting into my first AEP and you said, hey, do you, are you willing to drive? You know, are, are you willing to write business outside of San Antonio? I said, absolutely, I'm willing to do anything to, to build my book of business. And so my first AEP, the majority of my business was not in San Antonio. I was driving all the way to, to West Texas. And if you know Texas, it's massive, right? And so I was driving, covering all of West Texas. I was going south to some towns near near the border. Now I, I speak Spanish, right? So that was, you know, I, I used that to my advantage. Um, but the majority of, of what I got was was outside of San Antonio. And now I'm thinking of some of our successful agents that have joined us over the years, and, and many of them have found their success, their sweet spot, uh, little gold mines, right? And they're, they're driving out to these small towns and they're willing to make that drive. So going back, it's time to drive. When you said that, I was like, ooh, I had a flashback to, to 2013, but it it works. I'm, I'm here telling you that this this strategy works. Yeah, I would say that, that our, our largest producer during AEP, that was, that's always been his strategy. He's been doing this longer than I have. And, and his strategy has always been to, to go where everybody, you know, where there's not already a bunch of competition. So, but your question was, how do I differentiate myself uh, uh, with the competition? And, um, and I would say that the, the, one of the big things is with the level of service that you offer. And, and would you agree with that? I mean, the agents 100%. that I know that are most successful are the ones that they're going, they're going the extra mile, people helping people qualify for Medicaid, for extra help for the prescription drug coverage. They're, they're doing all of these extras and, and they're putting that client first. And, and they're not just people who are trying to enroll people, but they're going to be there for their clients long after the sale. And those are the ones who are most successful in this business, you know? Yeah. Make some promises when you're there having that, that initial meeting with them. But the, the, the key to this is deliver on those promises. Yeah. Don't just make these promises, get them enrolled and then go away, right? That's where you can differentiate yourself and say, look, this is these are all the services that I offer you. Obviously, you can go and get this same product somewhere else, but here's what you're going to get from me. And it's it's the value that you bring as an agent to them and in your conversation with them at the table or if you're enrolling over the phone, say, these are all the things that I'm going to do with you. Look at all these extra benefits that you've got. I'm going to make sure that you're, you know, I'm going to check in with you three months from now and, and make sure that you're you're using that over-the-counter benefit to make sure that you're taking advantage of your, of your dental benefits, that you've gone and gotten your glasses. I'm going to be here to remind you and just, I can even help you set that appointment, especially if you're, if you're newer to this business business, um, go above and beyond. Do do more. Obviously, as, you, as your book of business grows, you can't do this for every single one of your clients. But early on, if you're not very busy and you need something to do, I mean, 
take care of your your clients now and that's how you're going to stand out and that's going to lead to referrals and then you're it's just you it's that domino effect that snowball effect. yeah one of our agents uh one of our agents we actually the one we interviewed recently natalie um i was watching a training video that she and i recorded a couple years ago and she said you either have in, in sales you either have a lot of time or a lot of money you don't have you don't always have both and and so meaning that the when you're first starting out you've got plenty of time you you know but as you as you progress in this business and and, and you've got a lot of of customers and you've got a lot of work that you're already doing you're super busy so you don't have as much time but while you have all that time invest that into growing and then having a lot of money right so uh so just keep it up stay stay with it martin thanks so much for for reaching out all right, here we go. Got another one for you here, Raul. Uh, so this question is from Dame in Wisconsin. So hi, hi, congratulations on your podcast show. I've been listening to all the episodes as I find great value in the information giving. I'm reaching out to see if you would do an episode giving ideas to agents on how to reach out to financial planners or relationships for that matter, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm newer to the industry and I'm hoping to take this step on knocking on doors, but I don't wanna make a mistake. I'm a minority woman and I don't want to be seen as annoying to the financial planners. I don't want to just ask for business, but what topics can I talk can I talk to them about that may interest them to have a relationship with partnering with me? I know I'll have a lot of pushback as there are plenty of Medicare agents in my area. I'm currently working with two nonprofits that allow me to come in and have a place to meet with people. But unfortunately, most go on to Medicaid. And as much as I love it, I'm just trying to bring some bread to my table. I appreciate any feedback you can give me. And I look forward to hearing from you on your podcast. Well, thank you so much for for reaching out. There's there's a couple of couple of thoughts that I have, so I want to I want to run through because there there are a few things that that you mentioned here. The the first question obviously is on financial planners, and I think we'll talk about that in just a second. the The question I have is it says uh, unfortunately most people go on Medicaid. Uh, and as much as I love to help, which I, I I love that if you're not getting paid to help people and you're still doing it, that, that that's pretty awesome. That's that's kind of how we do things, and and ultimately it pays off for you. So continue to do that. Continue to care for people. I always think that that's that's big. But but second, I just want to make sure that there's there's a lot of times the the dual special needs plans, and so I don't know specifically which market that you're in, and I'm I'm not too familiar with the plans out there, but. What I do notice is sometimes people get a little concerned with, well, they have all this freedom. I don't want to put them on a, on a dual special needs plan because then we're locking them up into a network. But I have a lot of thoughts on that in of why it still would make sense. And so, again, I don't know the market. I'm, so I'm talking to everybody here on, on the question of, of putting someone on a DSNIP plan. I do think that there is value in a DSNIP plan and, and getting someone on a, a, a DSNIP, even though you're locking them up into a network. The reason is, is that these plans are incentivized to care for these people and to keep them healthy. What does that mean? They're incentivized to get them to go to the doctor. So under original Medicare, it's a fee for service. So if someone gets sick, they go to the doctor. That's when they get their care. Under these Advantage plans, they are going to see a primary care doctor, but that that primary care doctor is graded on how well they're taking care of that client, meaning they're going to see them probably quarterly. They're going to make sure that that client is healthy. So I just want to make sure that nobody is ever you know, um, kind of 
deciding, ah, oh, you know what, I'm gonna leave them alone. When I was, when I first started in the business, I kind of did that. I was like, well, you know, what would I do in that situation? And what I, you know, at the time, what I would have done is enjoyed my freedom. And now that I fully understand how these plans are working and, and plans have evolved since then, because back then they weren't as incentivized in that same way. Uh, you know, now I'd be like, absolutely get on a, on a decent plan. Yeah, and there's a lot of value in it. So in addition to all those, all the information that you just gave, but there's, you know, all, all the all the added benefits that they get with it. So yeah, and, and, you know, we say locking them up into a network, but we've seen over the years that these networks have grown uh, tremendously. So I don't, I don't, you know, in my mind, I'm not looking at it as if we're locking them into a network, but we're, we're saying, hey, look, they're gonna keep you healthy. But on top of that, you get all these extra benefits. And of course, depending on what market you're in, you're gonna see these these different extras, but maybe maybe there's transportation that's available uh, on, on some of these plans. There's, you've got the dental, you know, the vision, of course, some of these plans are including grocery benefits. So if you can bring value there and say, hey, look, these are all the extra benefits that you're gonna get in addition to what you're already getting, there's value there. And so it's just a matter of educating them and having that conversation with them so that they understand how all this stuff works and really how at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's the person who's winning is, is your member. Yeah. And, uh, so I would just encourage you D snip, give it a shot. And, uh, and if there's not a D snip in your area, I'm sure that there's going to be one coming like it, we're noticing like in, in Texas, uh, one of the carriers is expanding into 84 new counties where there hadn't been DSNP before. So there are DSNP options that will be available in the future. I think that's kind of the future, especially for DSNP. So uh, something definitely worth looking at. So now to the actual question, and I'm sorry, you know, we get so, sometimes get sidetracked. The, the question is, how can I go out and, and reach out to financial planners? And I would say it's really like anything else, like other insurance agents who do other types of insurance. What I would do is I would go and I would, mentioned to them that I do Medicare and for myself, I only do Medicare. And, and I do some life insurance. If, if somebody asked, I would do a final expense plan. And, but, but really, that's the only thing that I do. So uh, there's some agents out there who do financial planning also. And that would be my spin. I would say, hey, look, I only do Medicare and I would love to see if we can partner together because of the fact that that I'm I'm not doing any Medicare and uh, I'm sorry, I'm not doing any um, financial planning or any kind of annuities or anything like that. And I'm assuming you're not doing any Medicare. Wouldn't it be great if we could partner together? And then what we're doing is we're protecting each other from losing business to, to someone who does do what we do. And so that's my approach is I would is I would tell them, hey, look, uh, I'll, you'll, you'll never do that. Here's the thing, even though I do some final expense, if I ever run across that kind of need, first thing I'm gonna do is say, hey, let's get you back on the line because to be honest, I'm trying to grow a Medicare book and that's the most important thing to me. So you don't have that risk. I'll send them right back over to you. And, and the, the good part is I've kind of already vetted them. I, I know that it's, a, it's, it's gonna turn into a sale for you. So that would be the approach that I use. And I would do that with, with auto and home insurance agents. So like if you're ever just sitting around at home. This is what I tell people. Don't sit around at home. There's things to do. Go out there and just start knocking on doors of, of auto and home insurance agents as well. So I put that in the same as financial planners are not any different. Maybe financial planners, depending on the super successful ones, might, might just 
be more successful. That would be the only difference because otherwise it's, it's, it's that same thing. You just get out there and, and knock on the doors. And, and I think the, the, the big part is, do you sound like you know what you're talking about? So I don't know. Uh, the, the one thing I don't know is, is your level of experience, Dame. But what I would, what I would say is that you've got to know your, you've got to know Medicare very well when you go in there, because if they start asking questions, Hey, you know what? I did have a question for you. It was funny that you just came in, but someone had just asked me, uh, if they continue to work, do, do they have to, uh, do they have to sign up for Medicare? It's so funny that you, you came in today. Do you have an answer for that? Do you have an answer for that? That sounds well thought out. So you've got to be, you've, you've got to make sure that when you're, especially for financial planners, more so than, uh, more so than, than auto and home yeah. insurance, you know, because they, because they're, they're holding their name up to a very high level. A lot of times they're dealing with very wealthy people or, you know, that, that are, that are, that have high expectations. So you've got to know your stuff. That's, that's a, a big part. But if you feel comfortable with your Medicare knowledge, then really it's just that approach is like, it, it, and really with anything else, when you're trying to create that kind of relationship, what you, what you need to make sure that you're doing is doing it in a way that lets people know, Hey, I'm, I'm doing something for you. This is what you get out of it. Right. Yeah, it's and that's exactly it, right? I'm not coming in and I'm and, and asking you for referrals, but this is this is the service that I can bring to you and to your clients and these are the promises that I can make for you. So go and find those financial planners. But in addition to that, let's add auto and auto and home agents and, and even ACA agents. If there's some there are some agents out there who just do ACA and they don't mess with with any Medicare. And so maybe you guys can can build a relationship there as well. So don't limit yourself to financial planners. I think that's a great strategy. Uh, but if you're looking for more to add to that list, I would add ACA and, and maybe some auto and home agents as well. Yeah, I, I would say that also with regard to, uh, I would say with regard to coming off as annoying to the financial planners, eliminate that thought from your head. You are there to provide a service. If, if they get annoyed, that's on them. But but you're there to to really partner with someone and looking for a partner. And so really that with, with any kind of cold calling, with any kind of strategy that you're doing, I want to encourage you to say, you know what? I'm a, I am, I'm not going to, I'm not annoying them. I'm, I'm here to, to try to help you. And that's with anything, um, any kind of cold calling, any, anything that you're doing, don't ever feel that way. Get that out of your head. And that's what we're here to do is to, to help people. Absolutely. And, and also don't be discouraged if you walk into, if you go knock on a door of a financial planner and, and they, they're not interested, maybe they're having a bad day. Maybe they just, they're, they're not having it for whatever reason. Don't let that discourage you. It's, you know, build a list and say, these are the, these are the 10 financial planners that I'm going to go and visit today. I'm going to spend a three hour block, a two hour block knocking on these doors. Don't, you know, don't get deflated. Don't be discouraged if, if they, if they turn you away, we're looking for the one who's going to say yes. And believe me, they're out there. So it's just, Go out and find them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we have time for one more. Um, I think we got time for we got one. time for one more. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Let's get let's let's go through it. So this is from Linda in in Oregon. Hey there, I'm a big fan of your show. I tune in regularly. 
Here's my situation. I've been primarily selling Medicare supplements since I started in the industry, but I've but I've been hearing a lot about Medicare Advantage plans lately. You guys obviously seem to be proponents of Medicare Advantage. The issue is I'm accustomed to my routine and I'm unsure about transitioning or whether it's even the right move for me. Can you provide me some insights on selling Medicare Advantage versus Medicare supplements? How do I determine where my focus should be? Yeah. Um if your focus is on what's right for your clients, then you would absolutely know that Medicare Advantage is something that you would want to that you would want to take on. And, and what I mean is, is that there are some people that you're going to talk to where Medicare Advantage makes more more sense for them financially, or maybe just where, what where their needs are, what their desire is, what's most important to them. What so many agents do, and I see this, and this is kind of a frustration of mine. Like when I watch a so so I've been active on TikTok, and so I'm following all these things about Medicare, and it's like every day. Like I see these videos, why Medicare Advantage is dumb and only Medicare supplements. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. That's just 50%. I saw a study or, or a, um, a report just the other day that 50% of all Medicare beneficiaries are on a Medicare Advantage plan now. Half of all people. So you're saying that half of all people made a dumb decision? Absolutely not. There's there's people where Medicare Advantage makes a lot of sense. And so I know I get on a soapbox about it, but um, so the short answer is is you know for anything else getting stuck in your ways, especially uh, the the short answer of that is that if you're doing what's right for your clients, you're going to have all options available to them. So that way you are putting their interest ahead of your own. And to me, that's how you win in any sales, but especially in Medicare sales when we're dealing with people's health care. So that's kind of the short answer because we're running low on time. Yeah, focus on, you know, don't focus on one over the other. As, as the agent, it's your job to educate your clients about what their options are and show them both, both options. So that way, at the end of it all, they can say, okay, well, we spoke about both options and this is the direction that I think makes the most sense uh, for me as the consumer. Yeah, I always, I always, when I'm sitting in front of somebody, now that I, because I do both Medicare Advantage and Medicare Supplement, is that... I will say, you know, some people that I talk to, they'll tell me, you know what, the most important thing to me is that I can go to any doctor that I want to go to in prices and an object. Some people will say, uh, I'm willing to sacrifice some of the doctors that, that I have right now or potentially, and because I think that a very, a lot of doctors are equal. You know, they're, they all went to medical school, you know, to them, doctors are one and the same. And regardless, and you ask them, what if in a serious situation you ended up you know, having to get a second opinion or do you feel comfortable staying within a network? And they're like, absolutely. You know, that's what I've been doing through work all these years. Of course I would. And so some people go that direction. And then I ask the client, where do you fall in that? What's important to you? And then they'll tell you, you know, to be honest, I'm okay with it. Like to me, doctors are one and the same. If, you know, if I have a great doctor and they go away, I'll probably find another great one. Uh, and they're like, but, but I want to keep my doctor. Well, you know, if they die, you're going to have to find a new, you know, there's always, there's always these, these different things. So um, Medicare is not one size fits all. 
and we have to eliminate any of our kind of uh, our tendencies or what, what, what we believe and let's get rid of all of that and let's just help people figure out what's right for them, not for us. I love that. So, so that's it so much. That's it for, for our episode. I really appreciate uh, the fact that we've gotten these emails. I appreciate that there's people out there listening. It's pretty cool to see people from all over the, the country that are, that are tuning in. And uh, we just want to encourage you. We want to continue to do this. We want to continue to, to kind of be a part of your Medicare journey. Would you do us a favor though? Uh, if you know somebody else who, who is, um, who's in, who in Medicare at all, you send them this podcast and tell them, Hey, look, this is something worth listening to. We appreciate that because uh, really we need to grow a, a bigger audience in order to continue to do this in, in a way that is uh, on a weekly basis coming into your to your car or to your workout and, and giving you some uh, hints and tips. Thank you so much. Thanks, appreciate guys. Appreciate y'all tuning in.